0: Caution, learning in progress. Hello, and welcome back to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and this is the podcast brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planning. And we get together in an effort to try and make our listeners and, to be honest, ourselves most of the time smarter every season. And as we've talked about before, I'm joined here by by Paul Harms. Paul, how are you?
1: I'm good. Looking forward to get a little smarter.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I was just going to say that we are uh, we are really the ones that really just coordinate bringing, bringing people on to uh, to educate us. Yes, that's really a, we're facilitators largely in this in this podcast. A lot of what we hope to do
1: with this is is simply share us getting to ask these questions and today we get to bring back for the second time around Jason Webster.
0: Yeah yeah Jason how's it going? I'm doing great how are you guys? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to have Paul here. Uh, The last episode that we did Paul was out I think on vacation and I know Hans Sutzman has been out there doing a lot to get equipment ready out at PTI. So I'm excited to at least have Paul back here with me in studio. How are things coming out at the PTI farm?
2: Oh we are uh, number one we're super excited. We've uh, been working hard all winter long, preparing equipment, getting all of our plant research planners uh, ready to go to to put all of our protocols in for us. Got through the planting season. We're in the middle of the summer season now, trying to get this crop finished up. We're excited to show everybody what we've been working on. We got our new building here at Pontiac. I can't wait for people to come out and see see our new home. And you know, really, the crop looks pretty good right now. We've had our challenges this year like we normally do. But uh, it's been a lot of fun and we can't wait to tell a story here in the summer. So we are excited.
1: So I want to dig into a couple of those notes. But the first one, the equipment you mentioned, and I know in the new building there you've got some more workspace, but you mentioned getting – you you got all of the equipment prepared for this spring. What percentage of your machinery fleet or, or tools that you used to put all that research in, what percent did you change out over the year?
2: Oh, uh, what percent did we change out? Well – so let's just talk about all the equipment we've got. Uh, you know, we've got uh what we call affectionately call our Poseidon planer. It's it's the one planer we designed from day one here at PTI to do a lot of our liquid trials and it's got a lot on it, so why we call it Poseidon. Things kind of kind of got way too much technology in certain 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 times, certain places. But uh we redid that completely uh this year. So that took a lot of time in the shop. We introduced some case IH equipment for the first time. Here at the farm. We got a partnership going with Case IH, So we brought in a, a 2150 and married it with one of their tractors. So that was a late build for us. That actually that was a scenario that came in basically after the 10th of April before we got um availability of all that equipment and then we're scrambling trying to get everything put together so it was you know one of the things here we always have to be flexible and um, even when you think you've got a plan just just realize it's probably going to change at some point we had a momentum planner on a, on a FENT 1050 so we had to come in and, and uh, put conceal furl force uh, via applies on on that planner we got a uh, a 9816. We had a multi hybrid year 1770 planter. We had to redo this year. So I think all in all, we had five planters that we completely redid to some degree in the shop this winter. So fortunately, we've got a really good team here. We've got the building, got the shop space that we you know, you know before we were driving all the way to Tremont using the wood shop and the exhibit hall to do all of our builds. So. We're 90 miles away from from Tremont, so just to drive there and drive back took time, let alone, you know, putting all the time in building planners. So a lot more convenient having it right here, and we got a lot of builds done, a lot of equipment out the door, and for the most part, they did a really good job on the field for us this spring. So not a lot of acres on each piece of equipment, but it really allowed us to look at the different brands, work with different partners, and get these out in the field. And we'll have them all on display here uh, this month in August and September as guys come out
0: and visit us. Awesome. Jason, I want to circle back to the PTI farm and and at the end here we'll give you kind of a chance to uh, talk a little bit more about what guys can expect to see when they come out this summer. But I want to kind of dive into spring. And I, I jumped the gun just a little bit. I want to make sure Paul did mention you are a repeat guest. I want to make sure everybody knows that you are the lead commercial agronomist out at our PTI farm. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So Let's dive into a little bit about spring. Uh and just some of your observations from the spring. So, it's probably been I think in in most places maybe a month to month and a half since spring ended. What are some of the emotions that still stick out in in kind of your mind uh from your planting season this spring? <laughs>
2: well, if we walked into uh, our planting date trial, one of the things we do is is we try to plant corn and soybeans every single week out here if it's fit and you know the, the the big trend the big fad with planting date has been soybeans trying to get soybeans as you know planted as early as possible so we were out there the last week of march uh this year putting putting beans in really pushing pushing this thing and i thought for sure I, I i was kind of teasing our interns that we had out here while we were planting this thing i said this is strictly recreational planting being out here the 22nd of march uh, planting these beans i know we're going to get frosted on this and they made it Guys, I've never, uh, we had five frosts on these soybeans and they made it. We had some we had some problems with some frost in other areas, but I, just watching the planting date, the early planting of these soybeans was really interesting and, and kind of fun. It's going to be, you know, hopefully it's a lot of fun running the combine and seeing some of these yields. These are non-irrigated where we've got our planting date study, but it's really interesting to see the flowering that took place on soybeans, early planted versus the late ones. And, you know, Father's Day, This year was the first day of summer. You know, as we talk about summer solstice, that's always important with soybeans. And growers will always tell me, shoot, I even had my professors in college tell me that summer solstice, it just flips uh, flips the switch in the soybean and tells it it has to flower. And, boy, I can't tell you how far from the truth that actually is. It's interesting in our planting date studies in soybeans, you get to about the sixth or seventh trifoliate and a soybean will flower no matter when you plant it. So we've got beans planted in March. Yes, we had some cold weather. Yes, we had some frost events and it slowed it down a bit. But I've never had soybeans flower as early as I've, I have had this year. You know, we are, you know, I mean, a lot of times um, we get to, to 4th of July and there's a lot of beans that haven't flowered yet. We already had two to three weeks of flowering on some of these soybeans. It was amazing. So, so a couple questions. A on lot that. of beans by June 1st, we, we were flowered.
1: Okay, hold on, a couple questions. I need to I need to ask some learning there. Uh, one, is that the earliest you've ever planted soybeans? Yes, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, lo- I yeah. love the
1: term recreational on that as well. Recreation, <laughs> we
2: thought it was recreational. Well, you know, as the snow flies on top of the beans you plant, you really kind of get butterflies in your stomach a little bit thinking, oh, my gosh, did I do the right thing? But in a way, I mean, I mean that's what the PTI farm is. We try to make mistakes. To see what's going to happen. So if it ever happens on a wide scale or ever happens on a farmer's farm, they can, they can lean on us a little bit and say, hey, in that trial, what, what happened? What did you do? What was the end result? What was the yield loss? What were the net dollars lost? Things like that. And so now we've got some answers and we can talk about it with growers. That's why we're doing it. We don't necessarily want it to happen on a large scale basis, but it is kind of fun learning, learning to see what happens in the field in these trials.
1: So are you in a position where you're comfortable sharing what your target pop was, what you dropped in population at planting and then any impact? I know you said it got frosted a couple of times on some of those earlier plantings and how much you have as a final stand going into that flowering time.
2: Yeah, I I didn't feel good about it at the time, but we kept all of our seeding rate at at, at 130,000. 30 inch rows, we kept them at 130,000 for every uh, planting date to look at the differences. I I, I was really hoping I'd get half a stand to talk about the wild weather. Didn't know that usually happens on on beans. Um, We got about 100,000 stand off of plant 130. Mm -hmm. And then as we planted later into warmer conditions, uh, we're real close to that 125 up to 130. Um, across the trial. So it'll be really interesting to to look at those differences as, as we get to harvest here.
1: So you were, you were, you're sitting at, at a hundred thousand plus, even on your mm-hmm. March 22nd. And, yes. and I'm going to just go ahead and get this stated. We don't assume that that would be the ideal planting date every year.
2: What would, in my opinion, what would be the ideal planting date? No, that
1: March 22nd is probably not going to be no. an ideal date
2: each year. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, most of the time we can't roll anything, we can't roll a tire at all. And that was kind of just we're never fit. Yeah.
1: And that was kind of neat because this year we were fit. The ground was fit.
2: Yeah. 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 The ground worked up the best the last week of March into the first probably 10 days of April. Yep. And then it got a little, a little rougher after that with the weather that we had. But, uh, you know, as far as tillage goes, I mean, we do conventional tillage, vertical till, strip till, no till, but boy, everything worked up really, really well early. That's why we were running as early as we were not so much with corn. I kind of held back on the corn. We kept it in our planting date. That was it, but we held off on the rest of the corn so we could concentrate on planting a lot of the beans early. Okay.
1: So the other, one of the other questions I thought of while you were explaining about those soybeans, that early planting is you mentioned on the flowering date and Mm -hmm. I don't know a better way to frame this up for you than to share my understanding, and you can correct me where I'm wrong or expand on, on pieces that, that I'm hinting at incorrectly. So I had understood that that the soybeans need a certain amount of day length once they reach a certain maturity. So they have to grow, meet a certain maturity, and then as long as the amount of day length is below a certain amount, they'll begin triggering. So that's how we get flowering on the pre summer solstice time is that understanding correct is that or, or share what you know
2: well basically everybody usually i mean the perception is that once the amount of daylight hours starts decreasing and that would be summer solstice that's the longest daylight hours of the year and then you decrease from there that's traditionally when everybody thinks that's when automatically no matter when beans are planted that's when they're gonna wanna start the flowering. And it's just not true. I think on an average, it probably worked out that way based on average planting dates, maybe the you know end of April or first of May. But typically, I mean, we look, we grow stage these beans every single few days and you get V6, V7 and you're gonna be throwing a flower no matter when, when you plant it. So that's just, just how the soybeans work. Now we want a long growing season for beans. That's why we're trying to push Planting date earlier on beans. Here we are in central Illinois. And, you know, I'm jealous as heck as these guys in the south that have a longer growing season and a better climate for growing 100 bushel soybeans. We got to work at it. I always tell guys we got to cheat at it and plant early to get a longer growing season to give us a chance at some of these higher yields. But how are you going to get in? How are you going to push planting date earlier? Well, if you've got drainage issues on your farm, I don't know. It's going to take, in some cases, some super dry weather in March, 1st to April, and that just doesn't happen. So here we are at the PTI farm. We're trying to put tile in, get good drainage. So uh, we're doing strip till. So if we can get in there and and uh, just lightly go in and uh, and put that crop in and get off to the races and get off to a good start you know, we're seeing some huge advantages. I think the tally right now um, here at the PTI farm, we're pushing soybean yields by 16 bushel to the acre on average by pushing uh, planting dates earlier. 16 bushel, that, that's a lot of bushels that we've been leaving on the table in the past.
1: That's a big opportunity. And you mentioned you use the framing or the phrasing we have to cheat to get the yield out of the soybeans, uh, yeah. and I know there's a lot of tools that guys have done over the years to shorten that nodal length, that internodal length, to force more energy into the flowers. Are you finding the earlier planting date offsets that need, negates it, compounds it? How do you, how do you see that playing together with planting date?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I don't know. I and mean, when we look at noting, I mean, that's one of the things we tried to do this year. Look at the amount of nodes. A matter of fact. The week before the 4th of July, we were finding up to 38 nodes per plant. It's the most nodes I've ever seen on soybean plants before the 4th of July. It shows you how early we got these beans planted and, and uh, the kind of the growth stage uh, of these beans. They're just incredible the way they look right now for this, this time of the year. Um, you know, you get nodes closer together, you know, trying to almost damage soybeans. I mean, that's been, you know, kind of a practice a lot of growers have been trying to do. Whether it's, you know, a lot of the guys would come in with what I call like chemotherapy type products, Cobra in the past just to try to sting these beans, you know, hold them back a little bit so they come back with a vengeance. We saw, we kind of saw some of the effects of that years ago. I remember as a kid, row crop cultivating. So you've got a John Deere 3020 with a row crop cultivator behind you and you're turning on the end rows, you know, and you come back a couple weeks later and you see those beans you drove over. And they're just branched out. They're, They're short. You know, they were damaged, they were hurt, but now they're branched out and they look incredible. And so a lot of guys are saying, well, how do I do that in season? How do I how do I hurt these beans to get them to come back and work hard? I don't know. We've got plots here where we're rolling soybeans. I haven't done done the rolling soybeans in, in, in a number of years, but we're working with uh, a manufacturer that's got some rollers, and they're interested in getting some data, and so it works out really good for us. When we get access to the equipment, we get out in the field, we roll it, we look at the kind of damage it can do and then how these beans come back and is it a feasible way is it a good agronomic practice to try to try to encourage these beans to either branch more or node closer together ultimately getting more beans or is it a detriment does it actually cost I and mean, we're going to look at yield and economics of it but it is interesting it's a lot of work it's a lot of management on these but we're hoping it pays off in the end
1: that's awesome i and we've we've kind of but rabbit trailed a bit down soybeans, and while that's been fun. I do want to turn that back and come back to one of the earlier things that Tyler brought up from the spring was you know, you, you, we've been heavy on the soybeans, which was an unexpected win, uh, a bright spot. How about an unexpected challenge from the spring? What What did you go through that you weren't expecting? Was it Was it a roller coaster ride this spring, or was it even
2: keeled? Well, it was a roller coaster for soybeans. I mean, those early planted beans I mentioned in March how they got through five frosts i have no idea i mean you you should have saw us on the first night of frost i mean they're predicting 22 to 26 degrees no clouds no wind no nothing the perfect recipe for frost and i'm buying every tarp you can find in every hardware <laughs> store across livingston county and i said we're just going to tarp the whole darn plot and we're going to find out what we would you know what we would have had if uh, frost kills these beans and there was no frost damage at all we did all that work for nothing however we get into some of our tillage studies where we're looking at conventional tillage, vertical tillage, strip till. I mean, we got all these, all the main tillages out here in the farm. And we got out and we planted soybeans on the 6th of April. So we're doing fertility rate studies. We're doing the general tillage studies. Frost came in, two frost events, okay. It would have been the Mother's Day. So so this year, Father's Day, we had tons of wind. This year, Mother's Day was was a frost I don't know what it is about parents day but I'm not really appreciating it very much but we had the frost come in and depending on the tillage it hammered these soybeans now why the March planted beans it must have been just the location high spot low spot elevation whatever maybe some winds cloud cover something but in general my conventional tillage the more tillage I did when I planted these early early soybeans the frost never hurt them why well, we're collecting more heat. Got that beautiful black soil. You get that sun shining. You're going to heat that soil up, and it's going to take longer amounts of cool temperatures to ding those soybeans. You've got a little bit of insulation there. On the other hand, we go to no-till, complete no-till, stand and stalks, tons of residue, and that's insulation the other way. And the beans just got absolutely torched. Some of the worst frost damage I've seen in soybeans in, in probably a decade or better. You know, here we are, you know, we talked about it earlier, trying to push planting dates on soybeans, telling guys, I think we ought to do it. What's the risk-reward on it? And I absolutely got hammered on my reduced tillage acres.
1: So where that insulation, that residue is that insulation blanket and it helps keep moisture in, it also is keeping your temperature lower. It's guarding you from that UV and that that warming trend. So,
2: Yeah, it's just harboring cool temps. That's what it's doing. And uh, anywhere we were close to residue, even on strip till, you know, you got that beautiful black strip. I got some examples out here where we're on the alleyways. You get the planter turned around. If that planter wasn't perfect on that strip till, you just moved it off just an inch or two towards some residue, total death. And so we've got plots out here where I left a portion of the stands that i had from these frosted soybeans and i'm going to show you the difference in strip till vertical till no-till conventional tillage and i'm going to show you the stand counts that i had and the decisions that we had to make do we keep it do we tear it up and if we do tear it up how do we tear it up you know you just go in patch it in do you you rip it all up well i don't want to do that in a no-till environment and so we were using different herbicide platforms To do the replanting, and so we'll talk about that here at PTI. I thought it was a really easy replant event once we made the decision we needed to do it. But uh, we just switched herbicide platforms, and it worked pretty well. But we'll walk through this all uh, all summer long as guys come out here to the farm, and we'll show the actual beans that we didn't rip up, and we'll talk about it. And so, if it ever happens to growers, maybe they'll know what to do.
1: Are we going to give them the hoop and the and the calculator and make them make the (laughs) calculation themselves, or are we going to have some? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll have some hula hoops out there. We'll have some tape measures and we'll go out there. We'll all have it all done ahead of time, but we'll show guys how we actually make those calculations and maybe what is that drop dead bottom number that we're looking for that'll determine whether we need to replant or not. Yeah, that's a big part of the discussion. That's awesome.
1: Well, speaking of what we're going to be talking about and teaching on this summer, that segues perfectly into let's have a conversation because we're going to be hosting guests at your at your home site there, A, give us a uh, a verbal description of what they're going to see, what the day's going to look like.
2: Yeah. So we're going to split the groups into into two. We'll have an early group that comes in 7 to 7.30 in the morning, and then we'll have another group that comes in just around 10 o'clock. And so we'll just keep rotating these two different groups of folks in all day long. Each group is 50 people, so we're going to have 100 people a day here at the PTI farm it's so refreshing to just say that after a year of COVID and things like that we're excited about being able to be full here and have lots of people every day but what a typical day looks like is three different sessions when a grower comes here to PTI you're going to be split up into three different sessions first session you're going to be able to basically go out into the field with me I'm gonna take you out in the field. I'll show you everything that we've been working on. And and every day is gonna be somewhat different. Yes, we're gonna, we've got a route that we take through the farm to look at certain trials. But if we get a group that's interested in a different set of trials, well, by golly, we're gonna go talk about that. All day long is just a conversation. We wanna talk about what growers are interested in and we'll deviate from our normal plan. And and we'll go do that to, to tailor, tailor, you know kind of tailor make a session for growers. So every day will be a little bit different. I kind of like that because I, don't, I really don't want to do the same thing every day through July, August, and part of September. Let's um, that's just, that's just find what growers are interested in and have a great conversation about it. So I'll take guys out for about two and a half hours. Uh, we won't get through the whole farm. There, there's too much out here. There's too much conversation. We won't get through it all. But uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. The second session is is kind of a neat one, and it's our sandbox area. So this is where we... We've got, we've got our awesome product support team leading, leading the charge here. We've got tons of equipment where guys can learn throughout the day through our agronomic trials, what equipment we used to plant some of these trials, what we're studying, things like that. But then it's the growers' turn. They get to take the technology out to the field. We've got tractors and planters. We're going to give you the keys, and you can get in this equipment, and you can go experience it yourself. It's like I I use this analogy all the time, and people who've heard me talk have probably heard me say this, but it's like going to buy a pickup truck. When you go to a dealer's lot and you look at pickup trucks, you're not just going to look at a truck and say, yep, I want that one right there, and you write a check for it. That's not how it works. You're going to say, can I go take that for a spin? And they're going to give you the keys, and you're going to go drive it and see how you like it. Well, how do you do that with a planner? That is a very difficult situation, putting it on your tractor or a different tractor getting out to your farm and using it. And and then here's the other thing, actually understanding what the technology is, how it works, and comparing it to what you have currently on your farm today. That's the unique part about the Sandbox. Our product support team will be working with guys, and it's really going to be a neat session, And, and a lot of folks really like that. Um, it's been very, very popular over the last few years. Lastly, the last session they're going to go on is, is kind of our core principle plot is what we call it. It, it involves furrow creation, using that planter. Everybody's, no matter what color, brand, or number of rows you have on your planter, everybody's got to create a furrow to plant that seed. Well, what's it look like when we do it wrong? And then if we are doing it wrong, how do we fix it? That'll be the conversation out in the field. Guys will be, this is a live demo. Guys will be getting their hands dirty. Uh, they'll be looking at corn that we planted. Uh, a lot of, a lot, of the, a lot of our precision planting team calls it baby corn, you know, corn that we just planted a number of days ago. Just coming up and we'll be diagnosing what's wrong with it. What did we do wrong? Why does that corn look the way it does? Is it planted too shallow, too deep? What's the singulation look like? How many leaves behind is it? We're going to be going through different rows planted in different um, simulations to really get guys out in the field and understand what's happening and then we'll we'll kind of dive in okay when well, we did this at the PTI farm on purpose what kind of yield loss did we have from it what are the economics of it and really bring things full circle probably one of the new things in the core principle demonstration is we've got a toolbar that we created that will have residue management it's kind of a live demonstration with with residue management we'll have different row cleaners on a demo bar and it will include our new reveal uh, row cleaners and so this is a really neat bar where we've got individual row settings you can control the air pressure on every single row of this planter from the back of the planter and our regional sales manager to be working with farmers coming in saying hey let's look at these popular row cleaners over here compared to reveal what do they look like in different conditions let's play around with how to set these things and really get a feel for what the differences are with row cleaners and how they really work. So we'll have different gauge wheels. Um, Some are wide treaders, some are narrow treaders, and we're really going to get a good look at how these things perform. So that's one of the new things in core principles. But overall, those are the three sessions guys are going to see. So it's action-packed, a lot of information, but I guarantee it will also be a lot of fun
0: too. Absolutely. I can attest to that. I will say too, Jason, I'm looking at uh, the Precision Planning website. There are still times available for guys to sign up for the uh, – I was motioned to Paul two weeks. We've got two weeks from today before the first session uh, starts out at PTI. So July 26 is when the first week kicks off with kind of the staggered two groups that you were talking about, one starting at 7.30, uh, one starting at 9.00. And again, there are still spots available. So a general encouragement to anybody listening, there is still opportunity to sign up and get out there. A uh, weeks, couple weeks in August, uh, a couple or a week, uh, the first week of September, so just Again, an encouragement that there there are still spots available out there at the PTI farm,
1: and we love yeah. having. That's that's one of our our enjoyable time, like most enjoyed times, is when we get to host people and bring guests in, and uh, we love that part. So
0: Jason mentioned earlier something about cheating. I think when product support gets a day out of the office, we feel like we're cheating. Because it, it, it feels like eh, we should probably be in the office getting stuff done, but we get to be out here and playing equipment out, out with farmers. So yes, it's pretty cool. Yes,
1: the work feels like <laughs> is play at that point. It's,
2: yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of work, but it is fun. And not only for, for growers, but for us too. So we really enjoy guys coming out. Popular question I'm getting right now is how do I sign? how do i get to come to the to the farm on one of these open days and i guess you know our our premier dealers you know this whole farm is designed for our premier dealers bringing their customers in so uh, a lot of a lot of it happens that way but growers can go to the website and go to precisionplanning.com and just click on the events tab you can see all the days and sessions that are available and they can sign up right there if they would like as, as well but uh basically those are the two ways to get here and and uh, we're not just one field day you know, for years, I used to be on a research farm, and we'd do one field day a year, one day. And I, I guess I was always kind of kidding around a little bit. I said, man, we go, all, we go through all this work for one day of people coming out to see what we're working on on the farm. And the moral of this story is be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. <laughs> what a glutton for punishment we are. We go every, we go through July, August, and September. It's not one day. It's every day, five days a week out here. So uh, hopefully we, there's a day that uh, everybody can find open and come out and see us.
1: But that lends towards your earlier comment of we may lack a bit of polish or please excuse our dust in a couple areas where we built it around the flexibility to cater the conversation. You want to talk about this fertility question? Well, I, I got a plot and a research test over there. Let's go talk about that and dive into the piece that they're interested in. So yeah. that flexibility, A, helps keep it fresh for us, but it makes it more valuable for the customer, for the guest, for the, for the person we're bringing. And it may feel a little on the fly at times, but it's a, it's a wild, fun ride.
2: Yeah, there's no cookie-cutter approach because we've got growers from all over the country coming. Before COVID, we had growers coming from all over the world, and everybody is different, and you can't do the same tour. Um, This is not PowerPoint slides bullet by bullet talking about the certain trials every single day. I want to know what you guys are interested in. We'll we'll talk to the growers when we're having a conversation. You know, what were your challenges this year? What do you guys want to talk about? Why did you come here? What kind of answers, you know? I know you've got questions. What are those questions? And and let's see if we can get you the answers. So if we have to deviate and go to a different area of the farm, by golly, we'll go do it. I mean, that's half the fun.
0: Yeah. Jason, I have one more question for you too. Uh, Speaking on what, what people go there and what they want to learn about and what they want to see. I know that generally the product support team leaves the PTI farm saying something like, did you see this new piece of equipment that Jason has? And we're really intrigued to see what new, I guess, toy or toys you get out there. So, did you have a favorite, I'll say, toy or piece of equipment that you got to use this spring, or that you're even going to use this summer that you can share with us?
2: Yeah, there, there is is one that uh, is near and dear to my heart right now. Uh, some technology that we were able to get on the farm, and, and we really needed this uh, as we talk about scouting. Um, I think scouting's the number one. Uh, problem we have in the ag industry nobody wants to do it near, and if they do do it they don't do it near enough and I don't think they really know exactly what they're doing in the field and it's a problem and there's too many times especially this time of the year growers will say well you know what I've done everything I could now it's just up to mother nature I don't subscribe to that theory I really don't I'm a guy that I'm super busy there ain't enough time in the day but we still have to know what's going on with the crop so we have some technology this summer and I feel like I'm giving it all away. I want guys to come to the farm. I want them to be surprised. But but here's a little sneak peek. We've got technology on the farm where we've got sensors in the crop canopy that are telling us where where our fuel gauge is at. Okay, where where are we at this week compared to last week? We're, we're looking at probes actually being put in the canopy that can show us what kind of disease we have. How what disease is it? how much do we have? Uh, uh, how much do we have spatially? spatially Uh, Where is it at in the field so I can go after it and take care of it? And so gray leaf spot, northern corn leaf blight, we're looking for these things out in the field. But the nice part about this, it kind of brings it all full, full circle, is spatially we're trying to get that scouting done to find out what problem we have. And then it's, okay, do I have a solution? Can I go fix it? The last piece of technology that we bring in is our spray UAV. So we have an unmanned ag vehicle that's equipped with a spray boom on it so we are spraying in the air about eight foot above the canopy in corn and soybeans every single day here at the farm 20 foot boom and uh, we're doing a lot of our applications that way and i say it's near and dear to my heart because we've been wet Ten days ago we had between five six inches of rain and we were, were wet you can't get a high boy in the field so we're tag teaming this thing doing everything we can doing our testing to find out what we need in the field, that gas that gas tank isn't full, what do we need to apply? Some of it may be applied through drip tape and a soil application, okay? Yes, it's a form of irrigation and I don't know if I really need water, but I need that soil nutrient or that application right there and we're gonna do that, but we're gonna tag team it and we're gonna be in tandem with a foliar application as well. And that foliar could be for nutrition or it could be for disease management as, as well. We're gonna live demo, all of this in the field every single day here at the farm. So if guys are interested in in what they're hearing right now, I I can't wait for them to come out and see it firsthand.
1: I'm pretty excited to see that. Now I am curious, you, you used the phrase tag team that, that seemed like a lot of fun to use that, that UAV did, did anyone else get to fly that or was that all you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have our team here at, uh, at uh, The PTI farm that uh, that does this daily, yeah, and uh, we'll be showing some folks. Here's the thing with this technology: we have to be smart about it, and uh, you have to have the right people doing it. We're trying to be diligent with the training and the education and everything that we're doing. We've got to be smart because we've got a we've got a piece of of equipment moving in the air, and we are on the edge of town, so that also causes the problem. So the right people have to be doing this to make sure we get the job you know done correctly but safely as well. So that's one of the things that we will be practicing this summer as
1: well. That's a great note. And and I didn't think there was any doubt on that. I think it was just of who got to have the fun behind the wheels. There's it's always the caution. You guys are great up there. I just, um, that one's a lot of fun. I did have one thing. So at the end of the last episode, I did put you on the spot and, and asked for your, this was post harvest, but pre having all the numbers, from the, the harvest analysis done, and we were looking at what was your highest yield, your return on investment winner. Pushing it forward this year, mm-hmm. do you have any clear winners or ones that you're taking out of the running today? What's your – because that's, that's – a lot of what you do is tied to the the economics of it, the value add. Can you comment on the, the – where you'd place your bets? Are you, are you putting it on black or red or –
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this year is is not going to be a year of irrigated plots giving us the the, the big yields and the biggest returns. It could be in the form of fertigating, not irrigating. And so there's going to be a big difference looking at that this year. Now, summer could, could turn off 95 degrees and never rain again the rest of the summer. I could be totally wrong on this statement right now. But I really think we've changed how we're looking at our irrigation system to raise this crop. You know, we've, we've gone away from, okay, I need water to feed this crop. No, that's not it at all. I just need a little bit of water to flush my irrigation system out because of the nutrient that I'm putting through the line this year. That's gonna be a big difference. So kind of big yields away from just the straight irrigation, but we'll have big gains, I believe, with what we're doing in the field. The ability for us to come in and put nutrients like sulfur in nitrogen in potassium is going to pay so big this year. I'm excited every day. You know, we're looking at this and, and 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 there's a trial every single day where we're applying some of these these products whether it's in the soil or whether it's foliar and it just goes to show you management, you know, and we're. I know it's more work. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're out here at this farm, 5.30 in the morning, and we don't get home till 10 o'clock. This is every single day out here. We are working hard to raise this crop, and some things are going to work, some things are going to fail. I know the management, though, is going to pay off. Now, we'll put the, the exact dollars to it here this fall and this winter, but it just goes to show you, if you can watch this crop and kind of understand what it needs, we can we can supply it. In some cases, we can go after it and see some big gains. Tile is the other thing, you know. I think a lot of growers would say, oh, man, I need more tile. This year, you can look at some of the fresh tile. We, I put tile in. I just cringed when I put it in. The The time that I got the tile machine in was – was march so the end of february first of march and i hate putting field tile in that time of the year because it's never fit and then i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna struggle with working that wet soil you know all summer long with compaction and things like that but we got through it and you ought to see the differences in some of this tile you can see right you don't need a tile probe to find out where the tiles at you can just see the response from the crop so we've got tile that's put in every 15 foot in certain spots for some high management where we're pumping water back in from our water recycling program. We're not putting it through drip. We're putting it back to the tile. Mm -hmm. Um, There it's a little, you know, there it's only going to be water. And so that's the drawback with that system. Yes, I can reuse that tile for something else. But I'm I'm limited, you know, with nutrient application. I really can't. You know, I can't put nutrients back in a tile. I don't think that's probably really safe, even with our water recycling program. So I'm gonna have to limit that to just drip applications. But there's going to be some big gains in the tile in 15 foot, 30 foot, 60 foot pattern tile that we've got on the farm that will be extreme this year, and they they, they will definitely be high on the. The early planted beans that we talked about, I really think that that we're going to push this thing. The one thing I I wish if I go back and do over again to really push these soybean soybean yields, I wish I would have had my drip irrigation installed just a little bit earlier to put a little nutrition on when those beans were at the second, third trifoliate. I wish I could have had that going. But typically we don't put our, um, you know, we put our temporary drip system in and that doesn't get done to our last post treatment. And with this year, as early as the beans were planted, I think we needed to have that drip on a little earlier to help give us more of a push. But, but I guess we're offsetting that hopefully. And I guess I'm, I'm hoping anyway, in my mind that with some of the foliar applications with our spray UAV, that we can offset some of that.
0: Awesome. Jason. So
2: those are what I'm thinking on the, 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 the big, big yielders this year.
0: Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at my computer right now, Jason, if everybody goes to precisionplanning.com and then there's a tab up at the top for events and that will mm-hmm. guide you right to where they can find open dates on registering to get out to the PTI farm this year. As you stated, we've got for those who are maybe a little bit more local, the 730 a.m. start time. Uh, and then for those who eh, maybe like to sleep in or got a little longer travel travel time or drive time, we do have that 9 that, o'clock uh, start for everybody too. Jason, I want to thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. You are always so kind to take time out of your day. I know it's it's probably the busiest time uh right now to try and set aside and come onto the podcast, but we are we are super super grateful to have you.
2: Well, thanks for having me on and I just I just love talking about what we're doing here at the farm and hopefully someone will listen to this and they'll say, you know what, that sounds really interesting. I'd like to come out and can't wait to have the conversation when they get here.
1: And I hate to I hate to even put this offer out here, but I, would, I feel I would be remiss if we didn't bring it up as well. If you can't make your way to Pontiac, Illinois, and get to see Jason and the research plots and our team and the sales team and get to walk those fields with us, we would love to have you. But if you can't make it, you can still partake in the learning that Jason and his team are doing out there by getting signed up at InsidePTI.com.
2: Yeah, inside PTI is has been a lot of fun to do. We do weekly videos, so if you sign up again, you just go to InsidePTI.com, and you can you know subscribe to this video series. And we're putting out two videos every single week. They're they're five, six, seven minute videos showing some of the plots that we're working on. And it's like you're really there, you know here at the farm with us with these videos. So that's a great way to keep up. You can go to your Precision planning Premier dealer. They've got all of the results from past years, if customers want to want to see that, that is available. And then we'll be doing grower meetings here this winter where uh, guys can catch a meeting and, and learn about some of the things we're working on then, too. So all comes back to the Premier Dealer.
0: Awesome. Well, Jason, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. On that note, uh, we're going to let you get back out to the PTI farm. We know this is a busy time of year. And so with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to the Smarter Every Season podcast. I want to thank, uh, Paul Harms for, uh, for co-hosting with me today. And, uh, we hope to see everybody out at the PTI farm, uh, sometime this summer. And until next time, we'll see ya for the Smarter Every Season podcast.